Thank you for joining us on the CFF Podcast. Today, we'll be sharing an inspiring message from the Word of God. We hope you enjoy and welcome home. Amen. Why don't we give it up for Jesus and what He did this last weekend in people's lives. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. This is awesome. All right. You guys can be seated. Um, man, encounters are my favorite. It's, it's somebody. <laughs> I love you, Alex. Uh yeah, I think it was Noah or somebody was saying it's crazy what God can do in not even three days, really. Friday night, Saturday the whole day, and a couple hours of Sunday morning, you know. That's all you need, just a moment in the presence of Jesus, and he can change your whole life. Amen? Um, I want to share with you guys a sermon. I know some of you guys are like, oh, man, where's the pastor? We came to hear the pastor, but the pastor wants his disciple. He wants to reproduce himself through his disciples, so... We, we carry our pastor's uh, anointing, amen, and uh, at least I'm preaching that to myself now. <laughs> so I want to share with you guys something that's found in Mark chapter 11, verses 20 and 24, and this is something that has really been impacting my life in, in a powerful way. Uh, Mark chapter 11, verses 20 through 24. You know, we, we see when you read the the Gospels, when you see the life of Jesus, you see Jesus relating to, I would say, three types of people. You see that Jesus would relate to the whole crowd. There would be multitudes that would come to Jesus. They would be there one day. The next day, they weren't there. Then there was also Jesus' uh, relationship with the Pharisees, which were the religious leaders, the people that, that knew so much of the Word of God but yet, instead of living it out, it made them think that they were better than other people, right? And they allowed pride inside of their heart. And we always need to guard our, our hearts from that. But then there was the disciples of Jesus. How many of you guys are disciples of Jesus? Amen. And, and one of the parts of the Bible that I love is when Jesus pulls his disciples to the side and he starts speaking to them. Because I received that for me. Because it's like, I'm a disciple of Jesus. So whatever he poured into his disciples, he pours into me as well. Amen. And so this is one of those parts in the Bible where if you start off in Mark 11, uh, verse 12, I got 18 minutes. Good loud. This ain't going to happen. <laughs> when you start in Mark 11, verse 12, you see that Jesus, no, just kidding. You, you, Jesus goes up to this tree and Jesus was hungry, right? And he sees this fig tree and it's all full of leaves, so nice and perky, right? And he goes up to it and he realized, where are the figs? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> there was no figs in the tree. And so Jesus, how many of you guys know Jesus expects us to produce fruit in our lives, right? He created us to be fruitful. He empowers us to be fruitful. And so when Jesus sees somebody or something that is not doing what it was created to do, we're going to have some problems, right? And so Jesus speaks to this tree. Sorry, I'm trying to be serious in a second. Jesus speaks to this, free, this tree and he says, may nobody eat from you ever again. And so he walks about. How many of you guys know when Jesus says something, there's power, right? I mean, all you need is one word from God, really, and your whole life will change. And so Jesus speaks this to this tree. They leave and they come back and the disciples are shocked because they, they saw the tree that Jesus, and they said, Jesus, the tree that you curse, it's dead from the roots, I don't know how long it took. I don't think it took that long. But the moment Jesus spoke, even though visibly it didn't look different, that tree had changed. 
And I think it's the same thing in our lives. The moment Jesus speaks, even if you don't feel different or look different, when you receive a word from God, something is changing from the very root. And that's not even my preaching, but you can have that. No, I'm just kidding. And so now let's follow on with what Jesus begins to teach his disciples. He says in verse 20, or the disciples, oh, it says, In the morning as they went along, they saw the fig tree withered from the roots. Peter remembered and said to Jesus, Rabbi, look, the fig tree you cursed has withered. Have faith in God, Jesus answered. Truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Man, there's so much power in that. The, the first thing, I have four points, but even before I get into them, you know, one thing that, is, that you need to understand about Jesus is Jesus doesn't just want to have servants and he doesn't just want to have disciples. He wants to have co-workers. He wants to have partners. And so his disciples are amazed with Jesus and they're like, Jesus, look, the tree that you cursed, it died. And a lot of people just stay amazed with Jesus. And we need to always be in awe of Jesus. Amen. But Jesus didn't stop there. He told them, hey, what I did, you can do too. Isn't that awesome? That he didn't just say, you know, Jesus is so humble. The Bible says that he is meek and lowly in heart, right? I mean, think about the story of the cross, that the Son of God coming in the form of man to die for my sins. Who am I that Jesus would humble himself and take my sins on the cross? And so one of the ways that he, humble, that he shows his humility is he tells his disciples, what I did, if you have faith in God and you speak to a mountain, you can move the mountain too. The title of this sermon is Mountain Movers. Was that already up there? I just felt like more like when I just said it right now, it was more powerful, right? You know, but Jesus, you need to receive this. Jesus doesn't just want you to be amazed with him. He wants you to do the things he did. He wants you to live just like him. You know, I, when I see Jesus, if you can catch this, when I see Jesus, Jesus is showing me two things. He's showing me what God the Father is like. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He came to reveal the Father. Isn't that amazing? If you don't know what God is like, just look at Jesus. How does Jesus act when he sees somebody hurting, when he sees somebody in sin, when he sees somebody in pain? He brings healing to their life. He brings restoration. That's exactly what God is like. Because I used to have an image of a God that was so mad at me, so he was so done. I'm so done with you, like Crystal would say, you know, because I had messed up so much. And then I look at Jesus revealing to me what God the Father is like just passionate about us, you know, love the world so much, right? It doesn't say that he was so mad at the world. It says that he so loved the world, and that includes you and me. And, but not only does Jesus show us what God the Father is like, but he also came to show you what you were meant to be like. And a lot of times we stop at the first one, and that's why I say we stay in awe of Jesus, but we never imitate Jesus, and so he came to show us what the father is like, but he came to show us what a son is like. How many of you guys are sons and daughters of God? Amen? And so when you want to know what you were created for, look at Jesus. When you want to know what you can do, look at Jesus. Jesus says, hey, I'm not the only one that can curse the fig tree. What I did, I did it in faith, and you can have that same kind of faith. 
you can also move the mountains in your life. The problem is many times we just acknowledge that there are mountains in our lives. We just recognize and we complain to God that there are mountains in our lives, but we never speak to the mountains in our lives. And Jesus is saying, you have the same authority to speak to that mountain, to speak to your depression, to speak to your loneliness, to speak to your fears, to speak to your doubts and command them to leave. Amen? You know, I love it. Uh, Say this with me. God has what God says he has. God can do what God says he can do. I am who God says I am. And I can do what God says I can do. That's so powerful. If you, if you actually believe that, amen. Now, God has been doing a lot of reformation in my life in, in the area, so much areas, but especially in prayer. Especially in prayer. See, most people think that prayer is complaining to God. Most pe- people think that prayer is bringing your worries to God. Bringing what you don't have to God. And here's the thing. Jesus is teaching them many things. He's teaching them how to move mountains. He's teaching them how to pray, right? He's teaching them how to pray to get results. And many times people pray to God, but they don't get results. And what that does is they get upset with God. Because God, I'm bringing you all my burdens. I'm bringing you all my my stuff. And I don't see the situation changing. And we put it on God's side. But Jesus right here is saying, it's on your side. You were meant to get answered prayers. Many Christians live, many people live 30 years in Christianity and see one answered prayer. That's not what Christianity is supposed to be like. You're supposed to live in constant faith, speaking to mountains, moving to mountains, praying to God and getting answers. And so if you've been praying the same way, you're not getting results. Maybe it's time for you to start praying a little bit different. Amen. Instead of complaining to God because your situation is not changing, maybe you need to change. And so, so with that said, prayer is not complaining. The Bible says to pray in the spirit. Ooh, if you get this. The Bible says to pray in the spirit. Most people pray in the soul. Most people pray in the flesh. God, I don't have enough money, God. God, my mom, this, my wife, this. And you're praying in the soul. You're praying with your emotions. You're praying with your feelings instead of praying in the spirit, which is according to the word of God. You guys know what I'm saying? When I understood this, man, it reformed my prayer life so much. It it doesn't move God for me to tell him what I'm worried about. It doesn't change my situation for me to tell God what I'm worried about. It changes my situation when I pray in faith and when I speak to my situation to change. Anybody receiving that? Amen. So I want to share, like I said, four points. I stole these from Pastor Caesar. Don't tell him. But there is wrong prayer and there's right prayer. You know, just because you pray doesn't mean your prayer is good. I know you might not like that, but God had to rebuke me first. You know, Jesus said the Pharisees, they love to pray. You know that you can love to pray, but not get any results? Actually, you might not like this, but you can actually be doing more harm to yourself by praying wrong than you are doing any good. Because Jesus said, what you say, you will have. What you believe, what you, you will have. And so if you're coming to God telling him what you don't have, that's why you don't have it. If you're coming to God telling him why you're so afraid, why your situation sucks, then you're doing more harm to yourself. Now, listen to me, because you're praying to God, 
but your words are being influenced by the enemy. Because when you're speaking in lack, when you're speaking according to the problem, you're being influenced by the enemy, even though you're saying it to God. But God only hears prayers that are done in the spirit. <laughs> Amen? I don't have too much time, but I pray that some of you guys got that. Now, the first thing, if you want to be a mountain-moving disciple of Jesus Christ, prayers answered, shaking this nation, come on, somebody. Here are four points. I'm just kidding. I got a little excited. Four points. First thing is you need a promise. You need a promise. Jesus told them, have faith in God, right? Now, this is, this is what Jesus said many people misunderstand this because he told them if anyone says to this mountain and then later on you see in this part and other parts where Jesus says whatever you ask for you will receive and so people are like wait so if I ask for God for a new wife I'm gonna get a new wife if I believe now here's the thing with that he said when you pray with faith now where does faith come from it comes from the word of God and so you can't pray for a new wife with faith because you didn't get that faith from the word of God. Oh, somebody just got, amen. You guys know what I'm talking about? So the first thing, if you want to have faith, you need the promises of God. You need the word of God. And you need to learn to stand on the word of God. You know, I, I noticed something uh, just recently that the Bible talks about 120 disciples that were filled with the Holy Spirit. Filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, right? But yet it talks about the amazing thing that Peter did. And then there was 119. Why weren't they doing amazing things if they received the same power? You guys ever thought about that? And I realized, I believe it's because Peter learned to stand on the word of God. See, you can have the power of God in your life. And live your whole life with the power of God. But until you start standing on the word of God, you won't see that power manifested in your life. See, Jesus told them all, you will receive power. He told them all. The moment you receive the Holy Spirit, you receive the power of God. You don't need to keep praying for more power. You got the power of God. If you have the Holy Spirit, same spirit that rose Christ from the grave, right? Lives in me. The Bible says that, right? But Peter believed what Jesus said. He believed at that moment he received the power of God. So what did he say? Silver or gold I don't have, but what I do have, that I give you. He knew. He knew if God said this is what I have, then I know it. That's why when Peter was about to walk on the, out of the boat, he said, just give me a word, Jesus, because I know if I have one word from you, I can stand on the word of God. I can walk on the word of God. We need the word of God, but not just the word of God. You need to learn to stand on the word of God. When God says something about you, you need to believe that God will fulfill it in your life. That he will make it come to pass. Amen? Now, I remember, I remember Pastor Pablo, um, he shared this. He said that he was preaching one day and somebody came up to him like, Pastor, I felt like you were talking to me. You guys remember he said that? How many of you guys love our pastors? Amen? He's like, I felt like you were speaking to me. And pastor's like, well, who else do you think I was speaking to? You guys remember that? Yeah? You know, it's like, yeah, of course I'm speaking to you. Who, who do you, you? I prepared this message for you. Amen? And, you know, it's the same way with the word of God. We read the word of God, but we think it's for everybody else. Who do you think God wrote his word for? Everything in God's word is for me. 
So when I see Jesus talking to Nicodemus and he says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. I wasn't there, but that's my word. It's as if I was there. The moment God spoke it, that's my word. It's just as real as if I was in Nicodemus's shoes, right? You guys get that? Every word, every promise from the word of God, it's not for the world, it's for you. Who do you think God is speaking to? Who do you think God is speaking to when he says, you will lay hands on the sick and they will be healed? Who do you think God is speaking to you when he says, while you were a sinner, I loved you? And many times we don't believe it for ourselves. We believe it for other people. And sometimes we can preach it to other people. But do you believe it's for you? I feel like I'm spitting like crazy. But amen. Do you believe that God's word is for you as though you were the only person he spoke it to? That's how faith comes. Faith doesn't come from you just repeating the word of God. It comes from you receiving the word of God. That's my word. God's going to fulfill it in my life. Amen. I just, I just got a word recently where it said about Abraham, in blessing I will bless you, in multiplying I will multiply you. That's my word. God's going to bless me. God's going to multiply me. I don't even need to know who Abraham is. That's my word. Shoot. Give me that. Amen, Doris. Thank you. The second thing you need to learn to do if you want to be a mountain mover is you got to learn to visualize. You got to learn to visualize. Now, there's, there's so much beautiful stuff. I, I, I recommend that you go over these passages and really digest them, meditate them. But, but Jesus told them, when you pray, whatever you ask for, believe that you have received it and you shall have it. It's almost like a weird tongue twister. He said, when you pray, believe that you have received it, and then you shall have it. In other words, Jesus says, you got to believe that you already got it before you actually get it. That's awesome, right? See, faith is not hope. Hope is one day it will happen. Faith is the moment God said it, I already got it. You know, I, I, for many, you guys know that I had injured my back uh, many years ago, a couple of years ago, and I had two herniated discs. And, you know, people prayed for me, and I got healed, and then the pain came back. <laughs> and then I got prayed for, and I got healed again. And I don't know what the heck was happening. I still don't know. That's a whole other preaching right there, you know. But it would keep on coming back. And, you know, I, God taught me that the reason was I was, my faith was not in the word of God. My faith was in somebody prayed for me. My faith was in I felt that I got healed at the moment. And so that I learned to get the promise of God that says, by his wounds, we are healed. And I began to stand on the word of God. This has been probably, I don't know, maybe like a year now. And I've been good. I don't, I don't remember the moment that I got healed, but I'm telling you, it's gone, you know. And, and there's, there was a couple moments when it, w- it would try to come back and I would just stand on the word of God. I would see myself carrying my son, throwing him up. I would visualize myself living out, experiencing what the word of God says about me you guys get that that's what faith is faith is I already have it the moment Jesus said it it's already mine you're never going to have a a cell group until you first have a cell group in here for those of you that want to have a cell group it's not just going to come out it needs to come in so that it can come out amen that's faith is you visualize yourself already walking it out now walk it You know, I, I think, 
I think we're so easy to receive the devil's vision of our lives and so hard to receive God's vision of our lives. It's so easy to see ourselves as failures. It's so easy to see ourselves not doing anything with our lives. And we just take the devil's vision for us. We just believe his lies. We just believe everything he says about us. I'm not talented. I'm weak. I don't know how to speak. I don't know. And we just see ourselves exactly how the devil wants us to see ourselves. And God's like, I give you all these words, all these promises. Believe them. Receive them. See yourself that way. See yourself blessed. See yourself being used by me. See yourself changing people's lives. Amen. That's faith. You got to see yourself the way that God sees you. Amen. You know, um, Louis, Louis recently, uh, he, he, we were in the car chilling with my boy, and, and he's all like, he's all, hey, Frank. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> he's all, hey, you know, like, how do you add value to people? I feel like, you know, you're, you're, every time we talk, you add value to me, you add value to other people. And I was like, yeah, Louis, that's what I do. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, and I thought about it for a little bit, and I told him, I didn't want to sound prideful or conceited, but I told him, I see myself valuable. How can I add value to somebody if I don't see myself valuable? And, and I don't see myself value because, valuable because I'm awesome. I see myself valuable because God sees me valuable. The Bible says that Jesus gave his whole life for me. I got to see myself as valuable as, as he sees me. I got to see myself the way God sees me. You know, it says, um, love your neighbor as yourself. How can you love your neighbor and hate yourself? Many people can't love other people because they haven't learned to love themselves. And how do you learn to love yourself? You let yourself be loved by God. You receive the love of God for you. And then if God loves me, dang, I must be somebody worthy to be loved. Let me love all upon myself, right? You know, and I, I believe the way you see yourself will always determine the way you see other people. I, I think those Christians, I love them, my brothers and sisters, you know. That they're always condemning people. It's like, you really think that God's like mad at you. Like, I, I, I always want to give life to people because that's what God ministers to me. He tells me, you know, there's no condemnation for those who are Christ. Jesus said, I didn't come to condemn the world. I came to save the world. I got no condemnation in me to give other people because God doesn't see me that way. And so many people, you can't. If, if you're mad at everybody else, it's because you're mad at yourself, probably because you think God is mad at you. But my God's not mad at me. My God loves me. My God thinks that I'm somebody. He was, he was willing to give his life for me. Amen? And you got to learn to see yourself that way. I remember Pastor Pablo took me in his office a couple of years ago. I was struggling with low self-esteem, leading people, and like not feeling worthy. And he began to minister life to me. He said, you know what? You're the best person to lead these people. And I was like, pastor, can you lie and still be a pastor, right? <laughs> you know, but he was trying to help me change the way that I see myself. He was like, if God put these people in your life, then nobody's going to be able to lead them better than you. You got to see yourself the way that God sees you. Amen? Amen. Um, you know, I asked, what is faith? I asked Alba one time when I, when this was like, Ooh, you guys ever read the Bible and you're just like your eyes open? Like, why didn't I see that? Yeah. You guys are like every day, Frank, get with it. And I, so I came out to Alba one time and I'm all like, babe, what are you a hundred percent sure that God is going to do in your life? 
And she said, marry an amazing man. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and, and, and so we began to talk, and she told me a couple of things. And I told her, you see, those things, the only things that we really have faith for are those things that we're 100% sure of. Because the Bible says that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the assurance. What is faith? Faith is just, you're just sure about it. You know. Let me ask you, don't raise your hand, but how many of you guys know that you're saved? Don't raise your hand. Oh, my gosh, you guys can't. No. How many of you guys, how many of you guys know that you're saved? You're sure about it. You know. Not, maybe not everybody. You will tonight if you desire that, right? But you're just sure about it. You can try to give me a 30-minute lecture on why I'm not saved. You can say whatever you want. I know what I have. I know what Jesus did for me. That's faith. And faith is the easiest thing in the world. <laughs> Some of you guys think faith is like super hard, and that's why you don't have faith. But faith is super easy. Like I said, you can come up to me and try to tell me all the reasons I'm not saved. I'll laugh at you. I know what the word of God says. I receive the word of God. I see myself saved. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's so easy. I, I don't have to, you know, there was a moment in my life when, when, I would, when they would make the altar call. I'd be like, hey, just in case. I done messed up last week. I got to make sure. <laughs> right? Because I wasn't sure about it. But then there was a moment where I believed in what Jesus did more than I believed in anything that I've done. And that came through the word of God. And when I believed what Jesus did and started standing on his word and what he did, I never had to pray for God to save me again. Would you, would you believe that? I, I don't, I've never prayed, God, save me. I know I'm safe. That's faith. It's the easiest thing in the world. When you get the word of God... When you start seeing yourself according to the word of God, nobody can talk you out of it. You know, let me, ask, let me ask a couple of things if you have faith. Now, faith is being sure about it, right? Uh, Rick, when's, okay, okay. When you pray about the Holy Spirit, do you still pray, come Holy Spirit? Some of you are like, dang. Because you don't believe that the Holy Spirit's already there. Right? Reinhard Bunke says, only a crazy person would ask someone who promised to never leave to come. <laughs> you guys know what I'm talking about? That's faith. I don't need to ask the Holy Spirit to come. The Word of God says he's in me. He's with me. I don't need to feel goosebumps. I know based on the Word of God. I see myself filled with the Holy Spirit. I see myself living in partnership with the Holy Spirit. When I'm at work, the Holy Spirit is with me. When I'm preaching, He's just as much. He's not more with me right now than I am at work. Sometimes I feel more anointed at work. I don't know why. you know. And, but He's just as much with me. Amen? Now, another thing. Let's see if you have faith. Do you ever ask God to show you His love for you? Do you ever ask God, I just want to feel loved by you? Uh, that's because you don't believe it yet. If he already said that he loves you, why are you trying to chase after feelings? If he already said that while you were still sinning, I died for you, how much more now? But we don't stand on the word of God. We stand on our feelings and we don't pray in the spirit. We pray according to the soul. There's a verse in Jude, uh, in Jude 120 where it says, Beloved, I have this verse on my screen at work. Um, it says, Beloved, I'm all trying to make it up right now. Um, it says, Build yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, 
keep yourself in the love of God. Wow. See, you want God to keep you in the love of God, but he already gave you his word. Now you got to keep yourself in the love of God. What does that mean? Every day I see myself loved by God. I take the word of God. I declare what it says over me, that God loves me. God's passionate about me. If God had a wallet, he'd have my picture on it. Hey, come on, somebody. You know what I'm saying? God loves me. <laughs> All right, let's, let's keep going because I already, I already stole two minutes from you. You guys okay? Amen. Build, build yourself up. Build, your most, build yourself up in your most holy faith. How do you do that? Keep yourself in the love of God. Praying in the Holy Spirit. Stop praying in your soul. Stop praying according to your feelings. How's it working for you? You're, you still feel depressed after you pray according to your soul. So change it up. Start praying in the Holy Spirit. Start praying in faith. Start praying according to the word of God. Amen? Amen? Third thing, confess. Like I said, these are points that I took from Pastor Caesar. He talks about the four steps to receiving your miracle. Confess. Um, you know, many times the problem is we ask God to do things that God has told us to do. And so there's this part in the Bible where Moses is about to deliver the people of Egypt and, and he's about to go through the Red Sea. I don't know if he knew he was going to do that, but he starts praying to God. He's, he tells his, 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 his disciples, right, his three million disciples, he says, don't, like, don't worry about it. You know, God's going to do this. God's got us. And so he starts praying to God, and God's like, why are you praying to me? Go. <laughs> In other words, I already gave you what you need. Why do you think I gave you that staff for? Why are you asking me to do something that I already gave you the power to do? And many of our lives, many of our Christianity is asking God to do something that he already gave you the authority to do. You know, if you're struggling with depression, I'm telling you, you don't need to ask God to remove depression. You can cast that spirit out yourself. Amen? Ooh, that's a good song right there. Are you guys trying to tell me to end? Wrap it up? No. You guys know what I'm saying? God gave you power and authority. You know, the Bible says that the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he has given to us. He's given you the dominion. The earth is messed up, not because God is bad. The earth is messed up because we're not taking care of it. Our lives are messed up, not because God doesn't want to bless us. It's because we're not walking in the authority that he's given us. Amen? So you got to start speaking to your mountains. Start, stop confessing. Man, we're so good at just confessing the worst stuff, you know? The Bible says that you are ensnared by the words of your mouth. You trap yourself by saying, you know, God had to rebuke me. Um, he had to rebuke me because I would constantly say, like, you know, I took a personality test a couple of years ago, and I got, like, introvert in any possible way that you can be an introvert. <laughs> If there was double introvert, that would have been me, right? And, and I, would, I would always see myself, I'm just a shy person. I'm just a timid person. And I would even say those things. And for so many years, my prayer for so many years has been, God, give me boldness. God, give me boldness. And in so many years, I never got any boldness. Maybe like little baby steps, you know? And then God had to rebuke me. Why do you keep on saying that about yourself? Why do you keep on saying that you're timid? Why do you keep on saying that you're shy? And so I found this scripture that says that the righteous are as bold as a lion. Ah. 
right? And I started changing my confession. And I say that about myself. I'm as bold as a lion. I'm fearless. I'm unashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I wish you would. <laughs> Some of y'all looking at me like, I'm crazy. I am crazy. <laughs> nah, but honestly, you guys know what I'm saying? Like, you entrap yourself by your words. Jesus said, whatever you say, that's what you're going to have. It's so easy. Just change what you're saying. Even if you don't feel bold, say you're bold. Even if you don't feel righteous, God says you're righteous. Even if you don't feel worthy, thank you, Jesus, because you said that I'm worthy. Thank you, Jesus, because you say that I'm loved. You know, there's a difference. He, he talks about two things. He talks about saying and he talks about praying. Woo, I'm a rapper. He talks about saying and he talks about praying. A lot of times, your problem is not praying. Your problem is what you're saying, right? You're praying all this stuff, but then when you speak about yourself, you're, you're, you're destroying everything that you try to build in your prayer life. The same way, you know, if somebody was to come up to you and be like, man, you're just like not that smart, huh? <laughs> you're just kind of like, I don't know. You would, in your old nature, right? But yet you say that about yourself all the time. It's not what people say about you that makes a difference. It's what you say about you that makes the difference in your life. Amen? I'm telling you, this is real. The Word of God is real. Like, I know something has cracked in me. Something has changed in me. Like, I feel, I feel so unashamed of the gospel. I feel so fearless and bold. Like, because that's what I say about myself. I say what God says about me. I don't say what the devil says about me, what the devil thinks about me, even what people think about me. I am who God says I am. That's what we said, amen? That's who I am. That's who you are, who God says you are. And you will see it manifest in your life when you start changing the way that you speak, when you start changing the way that you pray. Amen? You guys receiving? Yeah? Amen. And then the last thing is persevere. Persevere. You know, you won't always see the change right away. And I think it's kind of like going to the gym, which I don't do, or um, support. Those of, you, those of you that like to hurt yourselves and, and go against the word of God. But if you, if, you see, if you see that you're not getting results, what do you do? You go back and it's like, okay, I need to change the way that I eat. Maybe eating burgers every day isn't that the best thing, you know? <laughs> In my case, it's great. No. You know, or, or then you go to your workouts. Maybe your workouts aren't doing good, and you start changing because you have committed to see results in your life. And that's the same way it is. If you don't see yourself changing, hey, maybe I need to change the way I speak. Hey, maybe I need to change the way I see myself. Hey, maybe I need to get in the Word of God a little bit more and learn to believe it over my life. But God doesn't lie. What God says, if God says you can move mountains, then get to the place where you're moving mountains. Amen? Like, I'm excited. Some of you guys were like, man, I'm so excited about what God has for me. Whew, my encounter was many years ago. I'm still excited. It doesn't get any less. I'm excited about what God's already done in me. I'm even more like a little kid today than I am when I came back from my encounter. Like, man, I want to see God change this nation. I want to see thousands upon thousands of people come to the feet of Jesus. That's the God that I have. I'm not going to back down until I see it happen because 
I got the Spirit of God living inside of me. Why would I settle for a mediocre, average Christianity when the same Spirit that was in Christ lives inside of me? So maybe there's a couple of things I need to change. Maybe I need to change the way I'm seeing myself. Maybe I need to change the way I'm speaking about myself. Um, can I give you guys a testimony? Go ahead, girl. Go ahead. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know why, why I'm so worldly today. Um, like, like, I've been, you know, I started calling myself a soul winner like four months ago. Because I'm a soul winner. I wouldn't, I wouldn't feel like a soul winner, but I just started declaring, I'm a, I'm a fisher of man. I'm a soul winner. I'm bold. You know, like, I don't care what people think about me. I'm going to tell them about Jesus. That's how I speak about myself. So if you ever see me walking around, like, moving my lips, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> and so a couple, I don't know, maybe month, two months ago, like, I've been going out every day during my lunch and just looking for people to pray for. It'd be like eyeballing them. Like, you, hey, come here. You need to hear about Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and so maybe like two or three weeks ago, um, I was praying, f- I, I was sharing the gospel with, with some guy and I asked him, you know, would you like to receive Jesus? You know, would you like to ask him to come into your heart and receive, you know? And so I was praying for him. I finished praying. As soon as I finished praying, I hear some lady say, hey, can you pray for my daughter as well? I was like, who's that? Now, as soon as I finished praying, I was like, this lady with the desperate, desperate voice, right? And I turn around. I see her. I see a friend. And then I see some young girl that is 18, I found out, is 18 years old. And the, the girl was just looking at me like, like, not there, right? And so I was like, yeah, I'm down to pray, but does she want me to pray for her, you know? And, and so I was trying to talk to her and, like, nothing, you know, just a blank stare. And the mom was like, you know, just feeling desperate. She's like, I don't, like, she, she's, she hasn't been talking. She's, she started doing drugs. I don't know what's happening to her. She's not talking. And so I started explaining to the mom, you know, bring her to an encounter. Now I started explaining to the mom, like, you know, about sometimes this stuff is spiritual. You know, we open doors. Those of you guys that went to encounter, you know, you know, we open doors. And I, so I was telling her, but don't worry about it. You know, God's going to set your daughter free. God loves you. I started just sharing with them. And, you know, like I said, many times we don't see results because we ask God to do what he told us to do. And so I, I praise God for the things that I've learned through this church or our pastors. I understood that my job right there was not to ask God to bring freedom to her life. But my job was to tell that thing to leave her life. There's a difference. You guys know what I'm saying? Like, I, if me just standing there telling God, please change her, sometimes you'll see results. But Jesus said, you move the mountain. You speak to the mountain. And so I don't know why I did this. You don't have to do this. I got a little too spiritual. I pointed my finger. (laughs) I don't know why. What happened? I don't know. But anyways, I just pointed my finger, and I started telling that thing to leave in the name of Jesus, right? And nothing happened. Nothing manifested. But I just, if, if I pray, you know. Jesus said, you have my name, you can cast out demons. That's all I need to know, right? I don't need to feel anything. I, and so I said, I, I told her, amen, praise God. Jesus setting you free. Say with me, Jesus. She's like, Jesus. And so I started telling, keep on saying it because she was struggling a little bit. Man, her mom and the other lady, she, they started crying. We're in front of a, a CVS or something like that. They started crying, bawling, and I shared with her the gospel. I led that girl, that 18-year-old girl into receiving Christ. She repeated my prayer. She struggled a little bit, but she said that prayer with me. And I saw her Tuesday because I went back again, you know, because I some more demons. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I, went, I, went, 
I went back again, and, and this girl, because I didn't remember too much, you know, what she looked like. She's, like, looking at me. She's like, do I know you? I was like, yeah, I prayed for you the other day right here. She's like, oh, my goodness, give me a hug. You know, she's like, she looked so different. She was, like, happy. She had stopped going to school. She signed up to go to school again. And, like, she was just, like, pumped up, you know. And why did I share that story? No. Um, you know, we need, to, we need to persevere. And the, the reason I said that is because that's, been, that's in my heart. I want to see God in my life every day. I want to see the things of God every day, not just in church. I was telling my, my, our, our ministry, you know, fellowship has, happens in the church, but Christianity happens out there. This is awesome for us to fellowship, but the real exciting life is out there. It's seeing Jesus touching people that don't even know about him, you know. Jesus can't touch anybody except from your hands. He can't speak to anybody except from your mouth. And you and I need to stand on the word of God and persevere in the word of God. If you don't feel like you're having victory in your life, persevere. Keep on pressing in. I know some of you guys are really excited because you went to the encounter. Don't lose that, you know, because the enemy will try to rob you of that. But you press in and you persevere for the things of God until you see the word of God manifesting in your life. Amen? Amen. You guys can stand on your feet with me. Sorry I took a little bit more of your time. But I believe it blessed you. And I believe if you receive this with faith, you're going to see victory in your life. Amen? Man, I I pray that no Christian should not be living in victory. There shouldn't be any Christians not living in victory. And I believe some of the things that I shared are key principles to why many people aren't living in victory. Amen. So go ahead and close your eyes with me for a moment. And uh, say with me, through the blood of Jesus, I have been redeemed. I have been taken out of the kingdom of darkness and brought into the kingdom of light. Through the blood of Jesus, all my sins have been forgiven. As I walk in the light, as he is in the light, and have fellowship, the blood of Jesus cleanses me now and always. By the blood of Jesus, I have been justified, and God now sees me just as if I'd never sinned. Through the blood of Jesus, I am sanctified. I am set apart for God. I have a purpose. My life has purpose. I will change this world. God lives in me. He moves through me. He speaks through me. He's alive in me. Thank you, Jesus. Now, let me pray for you guys. Thank you so much, Holy Spirit. Thank you for your word. I know that these seeds will be planted and will give so much fruit in every life, God. I declare that in front of me stand stand mountain movers, people that will change this world, that will change their circumstance, that will bring freedom to people. Those that have seen themselves without value, they will leave this place knowing that they are God's children, knowing that they're not common, they're not average, but they are world changers. God doesn't make anybody common. I declare that purpose is coming into your life today. That passion, that dreams and vision are coming into your heart today. That the enemy tried to steal. But the word of God brings life and raises the dead. Thank you.
you so much, Jesus. You're so amazing. I want to give an opportunity. If there's anybody here that you don't know where you stand with God, maybe you're even struggling to believe there's a God, or maybe you don't think that God even notices you. And I want to tell you that God loves you so much, that you're not an accident, you're not here by coincidence. You're here because God created you, because he loves you and he has a plan and a purpose for your life. But because you have sinned, because we have sinned, we have been separated from God. But Jesus came into this world to die for your sins, to bring you back to his Father, to give your life purpose, to give you passion, something greater to live for than just temporary things. And he says that if you believe in your heart that Jesus died and he, and he rose again and you confess him as Savior, you will be saved. That is a promise from God. And so if you're here today and you say, Jesus, I want to put my faith in you. I want to receive forgiveness for my sins. I want to receive a new life. I'm going to invite you to just throw your right hand up really high as a step of faith saying, I receive that. I receive it. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. And so repeat this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying in my place. For taking my sin so that I don't have to carry it. Today I receive your gift of salvation. I receive your new life. And I declare that my life will never be the same. That you are with me always. That you will never leave me and never forsake me. Amen. Why don't you guys give God a shout of praise? Thank you, Jesus. Amen. 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 God bless you guys. I hope this, I hope this blessed you guys. And uh, have an awesome week. See you guys Sunday.